Hi and welcome to Mark's Motivational Podcast for this Monday evening. I really hope you're keeping well. Uh, tonight I was delighted by to be joined by another guest author on the podcast, Heloisa uh, Barreto. Heloisa um, is an author of a few books and she's made these books into some films and so it's been it's an honour to speak to Heloisa tonight. Um, it was a great interview, so I really hope you're going to enjoy it. Um, so thanks again for coming on. Uh, Heloisa, and all the best with your future books. So thanks again. Enjoy the interview. Take care. Hi, and welcome to Mark's Motivational Podcast for this Monday evening. I'm delighted again to be joined by um, another guest, Heloisa, Heloisa Barreto. Um, I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that correct, Heloisa. So I'm very excited about talking to Heloisa tonight um, because she's she's an author of... Um, some great books and um, she's also in the world where she lives she's turned a lot of books into movies so and she's 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 um one of the inkies as well that joins us every saturday so i'm i'm so looking forward to this um this interview so you're very welcome along uh, heloisa hi how nice to see to be invited you know yeah. i love uh exchanging with you you're an inky as well yeah. and uh my connection with ireland which dates back from four years now with the inkies has really improved my writing you know an open new path for me because i've been publishing in brazil now for several years so that's why i have 86 books published here yeah sorry yeah yeah, yeah. how many Can books I go? yeah how many books but, 86 now wow. with the last one you know but i've started publishing a long time ago i've been publishing for almost 40 years now so and it's uh, i work with children's literature so some books are you know very short texts small stories for, for the small ones and i have some novels too for uh way uh, young adults <clears throat> but that's why the number is so high because there's so many books for small children. And, um, but then I never stopped and translated them or tried to put them abroad. And then uh, about four years ago, I went to Ireland due to my daughters. My oldest daughter was living there, so I wanted to see her. And I fell in love. I have always loved Irish literature. I've always been a reader of uh, everyone, you know, James Joyce and Oscar Wilde. I translated Yeats, to, uh, the folk tales for children, and I had translated some stories by Wilde as well for, for the young. But uh, when I got in touch with the literature and people in Ireland, it was so inspiring, you know, especially the Inkies. And so I started writing in English. And I'm trying now to uh, to take my you know my work abroad. Yeah, that's brilliant. And uh, well done. Like that sounds, it's a great story. And um, what got you interested in writing, um, Heloisa? In uh, have you always written since you were younger? Yeah, when I was 16, I was an exchange student in in the states, Michigan. I had this, I was living with a wonderful Morgan family. And uh, the mother, you know, we called mother, uh, she was a writer. She wrote short stories at the time. And so I, in Brazil, uh, the teaching of literature for high school is very strict. So we mostly we do essays. But in the States, I, could, I, I had the opportunity of taking part in workshops. So I started writing. My first creative writing was in the States, in English. It's so funny. I was yeah. 16. Yeah. But when I came back to Brazil, 
wrote myself, you know, journals and things. And then uh, after, when I graduated from English, I, I went to a graduation for English, French, and Portuguese. I wanted to uh, research fairy tales, basically. And I wanted to take my master, you know, to do my master research on fairy tales. But then I decided to see how kids uh, received a fairy tale. So I went after schools that were uh, actually telling fairy tales to children. And I got in touch with uh, Paulo Freire's daughter. Paulo Freire is, you know, a genius in terms of education. And I had a wonderful experience in the schools. And then they invited me to, to be a teacher over there. So I left my, uh, my goal of doing my master's aside and I started teaching for small children. And that opened up the doors of my creativity. I, could, I made stories with them, you know, inspired by them. And one of the mothers, uh, she invited me to publish one of my tales in the newspaper where she had a column and I, I published uh, a story based on Bram Stoker. You know, it's called A Trap for Dracula. Oh, <laughs> and I invented, yeah, I invented a small boy uh, in the story, you know, and he's supposed to be to see Dracula and he realizes he's weird because he doesn't have a reflection, etc. But it's 19th century, nobody knows about vampires, they won't believe him. Anyway, she published that and it was a huge success. Kids wanted to know more and more, so I had a, a company, a publisher called Lilia Schwanks. She's a, a very good editor. She invited me. She says, why don't you write books, you know, stories, come to a publishing house. And uh, so my first book uh, sold like 2,000 copies in one weekend. Brilliant. It was really a surprise, you know. All Brilliant. of a sudden, I was a writer. I was... And then uh, invitations kept on popping in and kids ask me, they give me stories, they give me plots as well. And then today I, I realize I have 86 books, but I was a translator, a researcher and a teacher. You know, it just happened to write. And I love it, you know, I love it very much. There's nothing better than doing something you really love, should it not? It's just, just great and like, and that's, that's well done in your success. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, I think I kept on accepting challenges, you know, and invitations like, uh, why, why don't you write a horror story? I, once I was giving a lecture and there was this little boy was talking to kids and he wouldn't stop writing. And I thought he wasn't enjoying my speech, you know, so I, I called him and I said, don't you like, would you like to, you know, ask me a question or something? He says, no, I'm writing a story. I want you to publish. And then he gave me an urban legend called Ghost, Blonde Ghost in the Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did, you know, I, I put it into a book. And again, it became, you know, very, it sold very, very, uh, lots of books, like, I don't know, like 80,000 books, you know, wow. the Blonde oh Ghost God. in the Mirror. Yeah. So you, you were glad you asked funny. that. You were glad you asked that child. <laughs> Did he want yeah. to ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. Can you, exactly. Don't ask, ask me anything else. <laughs> she just gave me this very small storyline, you know, Brilliant. because that uh, blonde ghost, it's a famous urban legend in Sao Paulo, where I live in Brazil. Yeah. But as a child, I lived in the country, so I was not aware of this ghost. I knew yeah. other ghosts, but not the blonde ghost in the mirror. So it was really nice. And yeah. so I have this exchange, you know, it's always happening. It's constant. 
and now lately I've been some like four, four years ago also, I I was researching troubadours because I wanted to to create a troubadour character for a story, and I saw a modern day troubadour. He's a Russian guitar player called Estastone. Very successful. He has this uh, golden dragon song, and he plays the song, and people are supposed to imagine fairy tales. So I thought that was interesting. I went to his site and I saw all that he has a theory about it, about uh, musical storytelling. So I wrote asking permission to use some of his theory in my books. And then he wrote me back and invited me to, you know, have a, an artistic exchange. So we've been writing together, you know, he's writing his own books and I'm kind of coaching and uh, book writing inspired by his own music. It's very, very, very interesting. And that's the book I read in the Inks. I read three chapters of the musician, you know, it's inspired by the music of Estas So this is how I work, you know, it's always partnership, uh, having inspiration from people I know, exchange, you know, it's very dynamic. Yeah, I think that's the way things work, like, you know, because it's great for, for first-time authors and, like, I'm a songwriter myself, so I think that's that's really good, like, because all people are songwriters as well, like, are, are kind of writers as well in a lot of ways. Heloisia, would you agree with that? Yeah, totally, totally. I think, uh, as you, you probably know, because you also write for kids, you know, mm. but I think writing for kids, you have to be open-eyed. You have to think yeah. in terms of psychology, yeah. uh, modern world, uh, internet, and uh, you, have, you, you have to pay attention to so many levels mm. to make a, a simple story that a child will like. At the same time, you must keep your own inner child alive. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, because like, like I read a really good book before. Um, it's called The Artist's Way, if you ever have a chance uh, to read that. Oh, really? Hello, hello, yeah. Hello, um, yeah, so it, like it's really, really good. Like it, it gets you to, if you're, it's about, it's really written for people that have any kind of artist block to get them to write three pages every day of whatever comes into their mind. Um, so I think that's really, really good, like for, for anybody that's that, that struggles, I suppose. Do you ever have any um, problems that you, 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 where like, you kind of uh, got a bit of writer's block. Did it ever happen to you, Eloise? Yeah, when my father passed, I was very close to my father. I, I even wrote his childhood in a book called um, the, the Brave Knights of St. Vincent. My father was very much connected to the indigenous people in Brazil, and all his life he fought for the rights. And so I inherited, you know, the same mission in a way. Mm. So I wrote, and then he had uh, just cancer and uh, we wrote when he was in intensive care a lot together but when he passed i couldn't write you know i was very very sad i missed him so much he was always the one to read and take care of my contracts and really coach me all the way so instead i went to myth greek myth and then uh, after a while when i finally could write a bit i wrote about the myths of loss like Sisyphus, Prometheus, you know, and I call the book Divine Misfortunes. And all you can learn from suffering. Mm. And it was, of course, dedicated to him and took me a long while to finish, you know. This is how I dealt with my writer's book. 
became famous. But usually I, uh, my, I don't have trouble starting a story. I don't like to finish my stories. <laughs> I keep on writing and writing. You know? It's more like not letting go than starting. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, yeah, like, do you, do you, like, that's what the next question is going to ask you. Like, you know, when you're writing your books, um, do you have some kind of uh, structure you use um, yourself, like, you know, for, you know, do you use any kind of reward system? People can use a reward system, like for finishing a chapter, you can treat yourself to, to something. Do you use, have you ever used anything like that, Aloysia? What I do is when I'm really into the book, sometimes I keep on waking up at night to write. So I never stop myself from doing that, even if I get very tired the next day, you know, because the story is very fresh and I have to write. And so I, I take uh, journals and little notebooks everywhere and I keep on writing because I get obsessed by the story. And for instance, once I was in the middle of a book about magic and uh, I love uh, Arthurian, the, the Arthur, and the dragon stories, etc. And I was researching and I took my car and with my kids and we had a house in the mountains and the house in the mountains was four hours from my house. And I forgot, you know, about, and I, I rode on six hours more. I passed by the mountain, I went to the beach. <laughs> and then my, my kids go, are we going to somewhere else today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Uh, Hello, we see like you kind of get into a trance even when you're reading or if you're writing, it's kind of like you're in a kind of a trance, wouldn't it? Would you agree with me there? Yeah, yeah. totally. And uh, people around me, they complain. I, I forget keys. I forget things, you know, because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm there, you know, taking notes all the time and researching and in this out of word state of mind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. But then uh, when I finish the book, it's like, I feel empty for a while, you know, it's a bit mm. sad. It's, it's why I, yeah. I, I don't like finishing. Mm. It's like leaving just dream state, you know, mm. coming down to earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like um, when, when, you, like, when you're writing about characters, it's like they're, they're always with you, aren't they? Like, it's like um, they, they're, they're, you kind of invent these characters, like they're actually like living, <laughs> living people. <laughs> yeah, see, I've been very much in love with, uh, music irish rock music and so there was I, there, there's a novel of mine called lenore and there was just um irish rock uh, leader you know he's uh, a singer and a guitar player in my story and he comes to brazil and he lives here and he makes up a band called tria prima and he's a he's a very uh, attractive character you know because he's not so good he, he's an orphan guy, and at the same time, he's very seductive, but he can be mean, etc. Mm -hmm. And I finished the book, and I, in order to make it, I, I researched, you know, all Irish um, <clears throat> uh, band, rock and roll bands that had been in Brazil, everything. So I put the scenes of my own uh, fictional character in the same dates where actual uh, concepts had happened and so <laughs> when the book was published I had many young readers and I had one young read one 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 of them he, he was I loved the book there was only one problem 
the characters don't exist in real life. I was researching. <laughs> <laughs> you they go, to, go to real places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wanted to go to the concerts. Exactly. Yeah. You know what you could do? You could kind of give that idea to bands, you know, <laughs> to get, get together yeah. and <laughs> make them famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see, in Brazil, we even have, um, we have uh, pubs, <clears throat> you know, there is a, an Irish uh, population and people who love Ireland and we have uh, Bloomsday every year. And, and so there was just, there was a, a suburb where the Irish people used to live in. And so I had friends, and I had a neighbor, she was called Denise O'Brien, a childhood friend from Ireland, you know. Yeah. And so it was my dream, you know, getting in touch with Ireland. So when I finally went, I felt so much at home. And today I feel like a second country to me, you know. I, when things get rough, I think, no, but I have Ireland. One day I'll be there. <laughs> Yeah. I want to go there. I want to see this and that and my friends, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think the atmosphere was also caught in another book I wrote with an Irish writer, Adrienne Gilgan. Okay. She's also an illustrator. And so we decided to, to imagine uh, a connection between Brazil and Ireland. And so uh, it, the first character is a, a, a woman, you know, she comes to Brazil when she's 19, but she goes down south where Irish people actually uh, made up a small town, you know, there, there was a colony called, in a small town called Pilotas, now it's a huge town now anyway. <clears throat> and so that, that we researched where they, they came and how, and we developed uh, this coming of age story in which she leaves Dublin, and she comes to Brazil and she starts falling in love with Brazil. And finally, she falls in love with a, a Brazilian gaucho. But she's, she's not aware of Brazilian man, you know. Yeah. And uh, this gaucho boy in the story, he's very uh, womanizer. You know, he, he's very rich, etc. But he's also lovely, you know. He has a reason to be that way. Family, you know, family pressure for him to be like a macho man, etc. Anyway... That story is, is received by her granddaughter who wants to be a writer. And so her granddaughter goes all the other way around. She goes to Dublin in order to learn how to write because Dublin is the way, the place where she wants to learn. So Adrienne was writing about Dublin and young people at Dublin. And they would and I was writing in the 60s, you know, about Brazil and how an Irish person, would, an Irish young lady would sense Brazil. And we exchanged it all the time for two years. We took two years to finish the book. And uh, it was a great experience. Now we have it in Portuguese and it's getting great reviews. Brilliant. But uh, we need to the original version was in English, actually, and we translated, and we had somebody translating. So I'm looking forward to having the book published in Ireland, too, you know, eventually. And what's it called? Um, the Wind Riders. The Wind Riders. That sounds amazing. And, like, yeah. just were you saying that um, she was writing um, her part of it, and then you were writing another part be be before you met, and you put the book together, the stories together, did you? 
It was so funny. We sat in her couch because she lives in Stony Better yeah. and with laptops and we were using Google Drive and we were writing like crazy. You know, she went to a paragraph, I went to another one and uh, and then we compared immediately. But there was something uh, very nice as well because uh, we, in the story, Ma, the, 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 the girl is called Maureen and she's based upon a, a person, a very famous photographer in Brazil called Maureen Bisiliach and she came from, she's of Irish descent. And she was the first one to uh, actually take pictures from indigenous people. So we, th we thought about Maureen a bit and the, the girl is called Maureen. And then she gets in touch with Afro-Brazilian legends and she falls in love with a special myth, the myth of a goddess called Oshun, the goddess of love, like Venus, you know. So it and we wanted to draw Oshun. And we, uh, I have a, a lady who is called a mother of saints, like a priest of Brazilian. And she said, and many images, and I sent images as well, because she couldn't come to Brazil <clears throat> at the time. And so she made this amazing drawing and she made Oshun with a Celtic crown. And the Celtic crown had the colors of the secret rite of Oshun in Brazil. Without Adrian knowing, she put the right color. Wow. Yeah. That, that's, that's great the way these things happen, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, she was supposed to come to Brazil for the book launch, but then uh, we had everything, you know, like of parties and lectures and workshops by Adrian, but then uh, with the COVID, we couldn't do it. But the book came out anyway. Yeah. Well, when <laughs> things open up again, hopefully now in, in the summer or, or um, early in the autumn, like you can make up for lost time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, I miss Ireland. My daughter wants to, to go to her master's degree in Dublin. So probably we'll, I will be coming back and forth. Brilliant, yeah, because yeah, the Yankees is brilliant, isn't it? Hello, Isia. Yeah. No, it's amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I've learned so much. Mm, yeah, it's really good, and the way they kind of, I think they're all so supportive in the group as well, like for for um, helping you along, like being encouraging, um, and the the prompts are brilliant as well, aren't they? The prompts are so good. Yeah, and I believe uh, in the way they 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 make compliments spot on. Yeah. And by the compliments, by what they like about your text, you know what you have to develop. You know the direction you have to follow. So yeah. I think it's much better than criticizing, like mm. this is missing, this is not. You know, just pointing, well, I, we like because it's evocative and such and such. So mm. I realized that maybe that's my uh, most attractive quality in terms of uh, foreign, for foreign readers, you know, mm. the magical realism, poetry. And evocative writing. You know. Yeah, that's brilliant. And what was your first ever book you, you, you wrote, Eloisia? Yeah, well, the, the first book was that, you know, the, the story, the, the, the trap for Count Dracula, you know. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, that was, it, it came out as a book. Because <laughs> I, mean, I used to love the Dracula films when I was when I was a kid. I used to love all, all, all the movies. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's a short story in uh, an anthology. And then uh, I, I wrote about elves, you know, magical creatures in the forests mm. in all countries. So in Brazil, we have several languages of uh, elemental creatures, as we say, uh, you know, that are invisible, but they, they're protecting the, the forest. 
but uh, at the time I wrote, they were not so respected as European ones. There was just prejudice inside Brazil against its own mythology. So what I did is I put them side by side. So there are Italian elves, lots of Irish elves and gnomes and magical creatures, fairies, but also several Brazilian ones, you know. And it was called Elves and Gnomes. And it, that's the one that was, it sold like 40,000 copies at that's, the time. That's brilliant. Many congratulations. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's really, really good. And um, at the moment, where can people uh, find your find your books? And um, do you have kind of a website or anything like that? Because what I'd like to do is maybe send me anything you have, and I can put them on the show notes to get to you know to give you to give you publicity as well. Well, I've not. I, I, I'm all, I haven't published uh, the English version of the Wind Riders yet. Okay, yeah. But in my site, it's Heloisa. Uh, Com, you know, I have my own site, and there you can see some excerpts. I have published some excerpts, and also in the Inkies anthologies. Yeah. And my books are all over Amazon. I have several books there, but they are in Portuguese, you know. So that's my my dream. Let's not say goal, but let's say dream, you know, to have them in English now from now on, you know, so that I can share. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And um, can you want to talk to me around them? Um, the, the, the films I'm very interested you're saying like some of your work have been used in in films I found that find that great that that's brilliant yeah the, I had uh, a very very interesting partner a writing partner uh, journalist he has unfortunately he passed recently okay. and I was very sad about it so his name is Gilberto Jimenstein and he won uh, several prizes for his uh, human rights defense. And so he read my books, he was very famous, and I was like beginning my career, but he read my books and he sensed it. I was again, you know, in a metaphorical way, uh, speaking about children's rights. So he invited me, he called me to his office and he says, let's write together. I'll give you some plots, I'll give you some characters and you develop the dialogues and we write together. And I want you to, 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 I, I want you to write about everything that's considered forbidden now people don't speak about for young people, like addiction, like suicide, like destruction, all taboos. And so it was a very difficult challenge at first because he wanted to have the raw side, but I told him, let's not do that. Let's write with the feeling, the, the emotion, you know, that could counteract and, and have a way out. How could you heal that? Mm. So for the, the first book, for instance, it's called Mano. Mano comes from Irmano and also means brother in, in Spanish. And Mano is like a nickname in Brazil for brother. So the first one is called Mano Finds Out About Love. And it's the plot has a, a young boy, his brother is deep into addiction. He cannot tell his parents because he would lose you know the confidence of his brother he's trapped in a very hard, uh, very sad situation you know he's just 17 years old and his brother is a bit older but then he starts finding out about the love of the family the love of his friends and his love for his brother so of course there is a narrative and an adventure but uh, it's a coming of age you know uh, of Manu finding out about the strength of love for healing and of course, there's a happy end in the end, you know, he, he's able to help his brother. 
to get out of addiction. And so that was the first book. And again, you know, it was very successful. And then we were invited to write another one. To make it short, we wrote nine books. When he finds out about the hope, about peace, about everything and all values, everything that could heal the soul. And then uh, the Warner Brothers in Brazil, they saw the book and they hired a, a very good director called Lais Bodansky. And she, she uh, used you know, elements from all the collection and created another plot, which has to do about gender, you know, because in her plot, Manu's father uh, decides to marry another man. He, 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 he's a homosexual, he leaves his mother for, for a man. And so the boys have to deal with that in the same plot, you know, so she, she more or less used the same structure, but she introduced a theme which we hadn't, we hadn't talked, tackled so far. And it was, it won the best movie for young, for young people in Madrid, International Festival in 2010. And that one, it's called The Best Things in the World. And it's on, you can put it with English subtitles, you know, it's easy. And it's for free, you know. Okay. internet <clears throat> that must have been brilliantly because that, that would be a dream for most authors to have your your work in a film like <laughs> so that, that's brilliant it must have been how that, that must have made you feel, feel really really happy Eloisa yes yes but you see I'm uh, uh, Gilberto although he was uh, a journalist he was also very sensitive and shy in a way. And so when uh, we were used to books and schools, you know, and his wife, she's working with, she was working at the time with theater. So we were all more or less used to the same type of uh, people. Then when, the, when it came out in mm -hmm. all the malls in Brazil, et cetera, at the same time, and we had to go to the, you know, to the, give lectures. He was so shy that once he disappeared, he locked himself in the bathroom. And then, and then his wife says, Eloisa, come on, Gilberto is having a panic attack. He doesn't want to see the press. He doesn't want to see the actors. Yeah. <laughs> it's an entirely new thing, you know, it's another kind of exposition and it's hard in a way. It's, yeah. it's amazing, but it's scary too, you know. Mm. Getting out of your comfort zone completely, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've well, had had other invitations for other books, but I never found the same um, connection I had mm. with Laïs and her team, you know. So uh, I, I didn't accept. Uh, last year, I had a book called A Thousand and One Ghosts, and I had five people wanting to turn it into a miniseries. But it's a delicate book. It, yeah. it deals upon uh, the supernatural, but in a very serious way, you know, because mm -hmm. kids from different uh, places, <laughs> like there's a kid from Japan, so he's a Buddhist. The, you know, the religion aspect is very present in the book. So if you if you're not careful, it can go wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really like, you know, the, the scripts, and I didn't accept none of them. But I'm looking forward to having a good adaptation again, because adaptations can be very tricky, you know. They mm -hmm. can either make your book or destroy your book. Yeah. Both. Because I think um, you'll probably agree with me, Heloisa, like when the, the book is always 100 times better than a movie anyway, like, you know, you're better off. I always find 
look at the film first and then read the book, you know, because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you see, when you write for children, at least I am so careful about the concepts, yeah. you know. Yeah. Especially when they're smaller, because uh, Manu was for teenagers, for mm. young adults. Now, what, A Thousand and One Ghosts is for the ones, you know. So you have to be subtle. You have to be careful. Now, if you get somebody who adapts in a very careless way, you know, just to have, uh, I don't know, all those rules that you have in miniseries today, you know, you have many action scenes and uh, turning points and the villains and things. Maybe sometimes it destroys your original message. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got you. Because um, my book in particular, like I... I wrote a book there um, like over the last year or so. Well, it, it's actually funny. I, I kind of always read my children bedtime stories through the years and the characters I made up, I decided to put them into a into an actual book, you know? So it, it's great to get your first book out there, isn't it, Heloisa? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. it's even great for the kids when they grow up like, and they, they'll always have that book. They say, this is the one that dad done, you know? <laughs> <laughs> my kids used to read my books all the time and their friends as well, you know. Sometimes I, I had their friends, but no, just sit here, tell me if it's okay. And you know, kids are so sincere. If yeah. they don't like it, they, they go. Sometimes if they like you, they won't say straight to your face, this is yeah. boring, but they will go, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, can I, can I play ball or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. And you know the book's boring, you have to change. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I have to save you now because the kids used to laugh when I, when I was telling them that night, you know, so I think I'm safe enough there. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah, they, they were me editors, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah but that's brilliant like the uh, Heloisa that you're like the way you're saying the way you've kind of uh, worked with a lot of different people with different ideas like I think that's great advice for anybody who's starting writing like don't be afraid to kind of people that have the same interests you get ideas would you agree with agree with me there yeah totally and also I I think it's writing at least for children has much to do with storytelling mm. and storytelling is collective you know you need people hearing you can share you can ask and uh, it's not like uh writing let's say uh internal monologue which is more lonely in a way you know like a joyce young way it's brilliant but it's another uh, challenge you know i think uh for children you need the voice exchange reception you know and so this is why it's so collective as well i usually take when i have to give uh, lectures for my readers you know because sometimes the schools ask me to go i always take uh, little pieces of new books to ask for their opinion you know, and read and share great idea yeah great idea and uh, yeah, listen i really appreciate you coming on tonight um heloisa and i'd love you to do is send me on your your um your 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 website the the link to your website so I can share a few on my um on my show notes as well. Okay, I'll leave you also my Phoebe, you know, Facebook yeah. link, oh, yeah. Luisa Prieto, yeah. Twitter, you know, and yeah. uh, I'll, I'll give you the links. Yeah, oh that's brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Um, so what I might do is what I normally do for most of the guests uh, is ask you a few of your favorites, if that's okay. 
Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So, so do you have any favorite books that, that you've read yourself? Well, Dracula was an obsession for many, many years. <laughs> Bram Stoker. Yeah. yeah, wow, his technique, you know, his letter exchange, because when you see, the, you, you, there are no letters from Dracula, you hardly hear his voice. Mm. You see him through other dialogues. This is so brilliant. You know? yeah. So when I, the first thing I, I did when I came to Dublin was to go places where he was researching and libraries and things, you know. And uh, I love all Irish writers. Oscar Wilde was another obsession when I was a child, you know, with his fairy tales, very much any age, you know, his poetry. I have read it and translated for many years. That's my trio, you know, very, very influential in my work. Also because the way he collected the fairy tales, he went into forests and he, he wrote. So I did the same in Brazil. I went to Amazons and I have many indigenous friends and I had them uh, telling me stories and I, I helped them make books, but I also put some of their stories into my books as well, you know, collecting from oral literature in a way, you know, asking, paying attention to that. And so that's a, a huge influence. Now in Brazil, I love Paulo Coelho. I have always loved him. Um, him, yeah. I saw yeah. him once, you know, and I think he's brilliant, especially in The Alchemist, his technique as well, you know, the, the storytelling is very... There's another uh, writer I really love called Jorge Amado. I'm not sure he, he's translated into English, but uh, he was from Bahia, which is where my, my family comes from, from my mother's side, and where Afro-Brazilian tradition is very strong. So he's also a, somebody who I'm always revisiting and and reading again. And finally, Jorge Luis Borges, who is from Argentina, in fact, and he's amazing writing about myths, you know, mm. just great. And so I always read him. There's, I read him again, because I've read it all. So mm. I go back and visit him once a year, at least, yeah. to get inspiration, you know. Yeah, that's when you know you found a book you love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I love the one I know I'm very sorry to, for the loss your your father your dad I'm, I'm really really sorry um, to hear that uh, Heloisa yeah, yeah my father was an amazing uh, very unusual person because he he thought that uh, civilization would the way we live you know because the, the, the society we have with consumism, everything would would end nature. So he, he foresaw that when he was alive. And he was very much in love with forests and animals. And so he went up to Amazons like two, two months a year with his, to be with indigenous called Chavantes. So when I started writing with my indigenous friends, like Daniel Munduruko, in fact, he's translated into English, Tales from the Forest, very beautiful. My father was so happy that he asked Daniel, who, whose indigenous name is Derpo, which means the, the smiling fish, to take him back, you know, to the forest. So he was 76 and he, he took a plane, a small plane and a boat and he went he went there, you know, indigenous lands to, to revisit, you know, his, he thought that was his Eden in a way. And very nice that was his last trip, it was amazing. And he really revered nature yeah, and, nice. and the people from nature and you know, indigenous mm. people very much. He thought they were much wiser than us living mm. urban lives. 
yeah, that, that's a lovely, that's a lovely story. Yeah, very, very nice. And um, no, just I think as well that like the book you've written, I think could help a lot of people that um, you know, like I know your story is very bad with, with your dad. Like I'm very sorry, but the book you've written about that, I think it's very, very, very nice thing to do as well. You know, the to, to, to deal with grief. You know. And you see, the book was adapted into a play in a school, and the and there was just kid playing, and I couldn't help. I started crying, and by my his by my side there was this lovely lady, and she held me, and she says, "Isn't he lovely? He's my grandson. He's playing our father." You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> such a magical moment, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. Uh, I, that's a book I want to try and adapt for the movies sometime. You know, yeah, that'd be great. Very yeah. beautiful. Yeah, very, very well done doing that. Like getting getting your, your books as movies. That's that's really really good. Well done. Yeah, yeah I hope I can keep on doing that. You know, yeah, yeah. let's say I'm trying. I have a, a brilliant friend. She's called Gabriella Mancini, and she's a brilliant script writer. And she's helping me, you know, adapting, and we are kind of. And now I have a, an amazing Irish agent, literary agent called Jeremy Murphy. And he's also helping me in choosing, you know, companies and contracts in Brazil. And it has been very, very helpful. Also, he's also my first editor. And so when I finish a book, he's the one who appraises. And he always um, put, put some questions uh, tells me to develop such and such so that the foreign reader will know. For instance, there is a scene where I go, the child saw this uh, luminous white figure, person. And in Brazil, if you say that, kids know that it's a ghost with a good heart. Well, yeah. But it didn't make sense in English mm. for him. He said, kids won't know. So I, he says, why don't you describe the way he's dressed, the way he looks, he, how mm. his face shines, you know? So I increased uh, the story and it sounded much better. So he's really helping me, you know, to, to mm. try and think beyond my, my own uh, reality so that readers can understand, you know? Yeah, that's Not great. For granted. It's great to have somebody to do that, to, that, can, that has the time to read it and, you know, that, that's, that's really good to be able to change it, to adapt for, all, all nationalities or all kind of people, you know, yeah, to get it, get it like worldwide, so to speak. Yeah, because uh, for instance, the oral tradition in Brazil is so embedded in the culture that sometimes we don't realize, mm. you know, that you, you, you have some codes that you say and kids already know in the narratives, but not abroad, you know, you have to but, make it larger. But I say a lot of people in Ireland have to do the same thing because some Dublin slang wouldn't really be what? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> but I love uh, Celtic myths as well, you yeah, know, and yeah. uh, and I, I think uh, I've been translating them. Mm. Yeah, but I think you, you know, as an Irish children's writer, should tap on them sometime, you know. Oh, yeah, let's, let's have a look at them, yeah, thanks, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. do you have any favourite um, films that you, you've, you've watched? Like, do you, do you like any, what's, what kind of movies do you like to relax and watch? I watch movies all the time, you know. Stuff. I'm addicted to streams, uh, yeah. Netflix and Amazon mm -hmm. Prime, you know, I keep on yeah. watching and watching. Yeah. But uh, I love uh, 
from when I was a child, I used to love Frank Capra movies, you know, because my grandmother used to love them. So I, I like that because it's realistic and at the same time, it's very optimistic in a real way. And mm -hmm. I use that a bit, you know, especially in Manu, for instance, we, we speak about addiction, but we also speak about recovering from addiction. And that's very much in 50 movies back, back you know. I think they were more dynamic in the good and evil uh, relation. Now, when I see uh, movies today, they are the you have horror movies, comedies, etc., and it's a bit limiting in a way. I love movies that have everything. So, North American 15 movies, you know, they were very much like that, and they really influenced me because my grandmother used to take me all the time to the movies. And I love them. It's a great day out, isn't it? The movies, yeah. the film, we can't be gone to the cinema. It's just, that's one thing we really miss with lockdown, <laughs> the films. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, I, I, I love many, I love Peaky Blinders, you know, mm. a, a lot. And I, I have seen all this. I'm looking forward to next season very much. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't know what, I don't know what we did without Netflix and um, Amazon Prime <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, true. Every night I, I take my time, you know, to, to see and watch. Yeah, and yeah. it's amazing. It's very nice. Oh, lovely, yeah. And um, I know you, you, you hit on, you loved rock music. Do you have any favorite bands that, that you, you like listening to um, in the, the rock gender? I used to like Rory Gallagher a lot. <laughs> he was one of my favorites. Well, I love all the classic uh, rock and roll, like Jamie's Job, Jimi Hendrix, and uh, Led Zeppelin. You know, I used to love them all. In Brazil, we have a move, musical movement, which is called tropicalism, tropicalism tropical yeah. music, you know. And yeah. I, I really, really love it. There's Caetano Veloso, Gilberto Gil, you know, there's a group of artists who compose very beautifully using Afro-Brazilian myths and music because Afro-Brazilian religion is all about music, you know. Prayers mm -hmm. are musical. So they use the rhythms and I love them very much, you know, yeah, very I'm, simple I'm... lyrics. I must check them out. You probably you probably can find them on YouTube. I'd say. Yeah, 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 very. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. Because yeah. we have a band ourselves, um, Heloisa. Oh, really? Um, called uh, <laughs> the, the Crafty Clowns, where we do a mixture of covers and um, and their own stuff as well, like original stuff. So if you want to check us out to have a listen. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I saw. So, I, I I listened to a song of yours. It was wonderful. Oh, thank you. It was thank wonderful. you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because I started off the podcast doing my own music and you know and talking about about different things, so it's it's good to kind of start off stuff. You never know what's going to lead to. She don't really. This is amazing. When I was in uh, Ireland, I was in love with all the young musicians and people composing and singing. Like I went to uh, the Yates Week in Sligo. And there was this dinner party and everybody sang, you know, just mm. out of nothing. People introduced themselves and sang. And yeah. there was a song. And this was really amazing. And I love that about Highland very much. Yeah, we love our Traditional music, we love our contemporary music. Yeah. <laughs> Rock and roll, everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a really good uh, place, Heloisa, that you can uh, you can go to on a Wednesday night when you're back in back in if you're over in, in Dublin, better times. 
Um, it's called the International Bar downstairs on a, on a Wednesday night. They have all different singer songwriters there. It's it's really really good night. If you, if you, I will be there. Yeah, it's really good, really good. It's so so like open, like anybody can get up and do their own stuff. It's it's really good, really fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, I'll certainly be there. You, most people have beautiful voices, you know. Yeah. I think uh, it comes naturally. Like, mm -hmm. No blocking, nothing. People just go and sing. Yeah. And this is amazing. I love that very mm. much. Yeah. But listen, I really appreciate you coming on tonight, Heloisa. Um, just maybe one other thing, if that's okay. Um, yeah, seeing as it's a motivational podcast, just say, for instance, if you had like a, a billboard um of a way to motivate people in a few words what would you say to people to keep them motivated for writing or or music or anything like that would you what would you what would you um what would you say to people i love uh a sentence by jack london and he says writing is always better than not writing <laughs> mm, very good very good <laughs> this that. is one of my favorite now my grandmother she said was keep the good moments in your life always in your memory because you will certainly need them sometimes mm. but the memory of these beautiful moments will help you through you know there is no evil ever lasts she said yeah, yeah that's that's lovely that's really really nice really really nice um that was lovely what your grandmother said i, I love that it's really really good yeah yeah but um now listen thank you so much um heloisa for coming on tonight i really enjoyed the podcast Thank you so much. It was a lovely conversation. I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing, listening to your music, yeah. you know, reading uh, yeah. your books as well. Thank you. Because you, you, make sure you send me on whatever you want me to share as well on the on the show notes so I can, I can do that for you, you know? Thank you. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. So listen, all the best in your future work and future endeavors as well. Um, hello, Isa. Thank you. Yeah. Same to you, you know, likewise. Okay, thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks a million for listening to tonight's podcast with, with your host, Mark Lestrange, for this Monday evening. Tonight, I was delighted to be joined by Heloisa. It was a really good interview. Uh, thanks again, Heloisa, for coming on. And stay tuned to, uh, for tomorrow night. I'm going to have one of the team on, one of our team. Uh, of, of the Fantastic Four uh, Tony Gordon so that, that'd be a really good interview I'm looking forward to that one um, he's going to talk about his new website and different things he has in the, the pipeline so it'll be really really good so um, listen thanks a lot for tuning in tonight and have a great Tuesday um, talk to you soon take care song of fall good night